It's time for the big show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. Welcome to the big show. Howdy, everybody. You know, Andy, we, uh, I don't know, maybe eight months ago or something, we had uh, A.V. Middlestead. We did. Uh, a musician, a uh, fine guitar player, uh, and but whose uh, claim to fame as far as what we wanted to talk about was that he had one of the uh, best and, and most uh, prominent recording studios. So anyway. But uh, it was really a wonderful podcast. And uh, I wanted us to have him on again, but particularly to have his wife, Dinah, who is uh, with us today. And, uh, and she was here last time. She just sat in the corner and didn't say anything. Right? Well, she helped him remember <laughs> some, some stuff. Lord, I need help. <laughs> but Dinah, welcome. We're glad to have you. Thank yeah. you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I know you've had a, uh, in your youth, you had a musical journey also. So uh, say a few things about uh, uh, your mama and them and, uh, and you're on uh, playing the piano or whatever you did as a kid. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my mother uh, made certain that we took piano lessons, so they started me at three, three, three wow. years old. And uh, and I had a wonderful teacher, Mrs. Hounsel, in my little hometown of Referio. And she taught... Referio... Texas for you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Mama wanted us to have a well-rounded education as far as music went. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. she, we all played in the band, all, my two brothers and I. And we played all the way through school. What kind of music? Uh, in the band, John Philip Sousa marches mostly. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Did you play Big Bad John? No, oh, no, we didn't. This man. was the '60s okay. <laughs> for me. Yeah, that was just that was just brand new song back then. <laughs> We've yeah. never had anybody on that played that kind of mm. that kind of music. I don't think so. I don't think so. Where would you play that? We played it on the field. Oh, my high school band, we were all state every year. We went and we marched to uh, up the state capitol to, to the governor's wow. uh, oh, mansion and that is cool. into the capitol yeah. every year. And we got to go to Tri-State Band Festival in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So we we had really good experiences with band. Wow. Uh, I think our band. I don't think there's ever been a band as good as our band. There you go. You're not bragging, are you? I mean, really? Come on, you wouldn't do that, would you? Well, it was a military marching band. That was military style marching. If you listen to music like on the radio or whatever, did you have a particular kind of music you liked? Or oh gosh, yes. Now my daddy, when I would ride with my daddy to make house calls, my daddy was a country doctor. Oh. And so we would. My daddy would. he taught me how to harmonize. I mean, we just sang to the Mills Brothers and Joe Stafford, Teresa Brewer, oh, you know, wow. all those all those people at the time, Perry Como. Yeah. And so um, I just always sang with my daddy. He, he sang and he whistled, okay? <laughs> but he didn't believe you should make a career out of music. So he whistled while he sang. <laughs> so, That's a uh, trick. See, in my little hometown, we had a, a town doctor who made house calls. Um, so he was just like a GP. Yes, uh, uh-huh. yeah. he was a GP, but he delivered babies and he did surgery and you right. know everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And where doctor. did where did he go to medical school? University of Texas in Galveston. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Now that's GP means good person. Is that what that? <laughs> we, I don't. It could. 
I don't know. Uh, he was. He was a good it, it person. It was a joke. <laughs> Green peanuts. Uh, that's a that's a kind of a kind of music that I had uh, an appreciation for, but mm -hmm. was never mm -hmm. uh, never into that. There was a group called the Ink Spots. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, when I I played for years at a little barbecue joint called uh, Hickory Hollow Barbecue down the Heights. And there was a elderly black gentleman who had been one of those. Yes. And uh, mm. he would he would come in to. Wow. His daughter his daughter still lives in Houston. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, so you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Uh -huh. wow. Yes. Yes. Uh, that is good. Well, I, did, I, I was going to ask her before we get too far out of bounds here. So, where did you meet this guy right here, Av Middlestead? He was my guitar teacher. I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And so I bought a, a guitar for $24 in Mexico. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, you know, called around looking. Right. Uh, and so he, he was my guitar teacher. And I, I'm sure that I'm probably a disappointment to him as far as guitar playing goes. <laughs> what, year, what year would that have been? Uh, 72. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. You, you were just an Erling back then, weren't you? We were, we were, we were both young. I was in my twenties, uh -huh. and uh, but I was excited about you know learning. He would give me at the time I, we didn't have a radio, <laughs> believe it or not. Wow. Uh, well, my, then you and Av married later, right? You've been yeah, we've been now. we've been married. Uh, it'll be twelve years this this summer. So. Uh, so you've known each other for a long, long time. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. So then you went to work at Sound Sound Masters. Masters. There you go. Yes. Well, at first, Davey said well, he was going to quit teaching, and so, and and things were you know really going for him as far as Randy Corner and Fiddlin' mm. Frenchie Burke. You know, he was getting some mm. good cuts over there at the studio. Was getting really busy, and uh, so he said, "You can come over to the studio, and I can teach you more more guitar over there." And, and you know, we started writing. Uh, songs uh, yeah. together, and then uh, and then somehow or another, um, I knew how to type and I knew how to write and I knew how to spell, so I became the studio publicity agent. Okay, cool, very good. Did she do a good job, AV? Oh yes, yeah. you bet. <laughs> yeah, he's so silent. He's not saying anything. We got it. <laughs> We got, got the floor. We got to, I got to pry it out of him here. Like, get, him to, get him to open up and talk about it. It makes a difference when your wife's in. It in, does. I, uh, believe me, when my wife's in the room, I don't say nothing. <laughs> so when famous people came in to record, uh, you got to meet them? or Well, they weren't all famous then. You know, they were they're just humans, right? Yeah. <laughs> just starting out. And so yeah. they weren't really famous. And I remember, I think uh, Frenchie was the first person I did a, a, a bio. I did all their bios, you know. Oh, Everybody yeah. needed a, a, yeah. a biography to put in their phone. And then I guess Randy and there, there were all, all, everybody that came in, mm -hmm. you know, needed a bio. Right. Needed publicity, and and uh, and I was never shy on the telephone, so I've called Maxine Messenger or the, you know, uh, Bob Claypool. Uh, at the uh, newspapers downtown, mm -hmm. and and they would put all the stuff that was going on at the studio and all the musicians that wow. had cuts. So, oh, wow. but they became, I guess they became famous, didn't they? Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, talented people. Lots yeah. of talent. Well, they weren't 
famous at the time. No. Like when you say George Strait back then, you know, who's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he's a household word now. You right. You say George Strait. He's so, the uh, king. So Strait recorded like some of his early things there? <clears throat> yeah. The, uh, that, cause that's when Andy met him was during that. Mm, 82. I met George in 82. So, well, so that was, was after he was already, he was with MCA at that time. The way he so. got his start, uh, the ace and the whole band put a, a note on the bulletin board at the college looking for a singer and George applied for the job, you know, and he got it naturally, you know. Mm-hmm. And then later on, the ace and the whole band became George's band, you know. See, I always assumed, erroneously it looks like, <laughs> that uh, then he, he organized a band and called it the ace and the whole band. But that's interesting. The band came first, and then he became their... Uh, yeah, and the guy that brought him in, I said, you need to sign that boy up, because he's saying, well, you was right, you know, because... Yeah. But he, I couldn't sign the artist because my son is in the band, the ace and the whole band. Ah. I'd have had to sign the whole band. Right. But he was wishing he had, you know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I knew or knew about the, the fiddle player. I just can't think of his name, which is one of my That is really struggles. interesting that you can't remember anything. That's... Uh, one of my struggles. Join <laughs> uh, the crowd of thousands. But I wonder how many of the uh, Ace and the Whole Band uh, are original members of that band. There might still be some that. Yeah. I, I think his uh, steel player is same is the same guy, right or not? Well, uh, I think that most of them are pretty much still in the band. Still the same. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. Mike Daly. Uh, was a steel player, and he's still with George, you know. Mm-hmm. And he updated on some of the people, you know, but mm-hmm. he stuck with them, you know, yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, so, sure. but I taught guitar for a long time, you know, like ten years, you know, and turned out some real good players. Randy Corner was one, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. What did you think about Randy when you first met him and you saw how he played? I mean. I don't. What what kind of playing is that? Is that like chicken picking or what is that? I mean, what does he do? I mean, he's just. It. Randy is a natural. Right. When you asked him to play something, if he didn't like it, he'd wrinkle his nose up. You know. I said, Randy, you can play a chord on a beat if you want to on every song. And uh, I would show him how to do that, and then he would learn the songs, but he never ever learned the names of them. <laughs> so he would. If somebody came up with an unusual chord, he'd say, play that for me and I'll play it back to you, you know. But he never learned the, the names of the chords. Well. But he was a natural player, you he know. He was definitely a natural. Wow. And, and you know that style of, that chordal style. Uh, when I was 16, uh, I was, you know, trying to play rhythm guitar. And I formed a duet with a schoolmate who played a baritone ukulele. And we started playing things like uh, When the Red Red Robin Goes Bob Bob Bobbing yeah. Along. And uh, <laughs> The Birth of the Blues. I played the pizza joints, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
But he would, uh, he he helped me with that because on that uh, baritone ukulele, rather than playing out the melody, he he would you know go dran 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 yeah, a chordal. Right. He he would have a chord for like you say every note, every beat if you wanted. Yeah, yeah. And then I had a friend when I lived in Fort Worth, Jimmy Everett, who uh, who taught guitar, and right. uh, and so he really knew a lot about that that kind of that way of playing and i asked him one time i wanted the chords to uh uh crazy and i said jimmy will you write out for me the chords to crazy my daughter was singing that song and i wanted to want to play the chords oh my goodness (laughs) you never saw so many chords in all your life (laughs) yeah Uh, then we started using the number system, and that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. I always say there's more than three chords that ain't worth playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You can do it, you know. So. Well, yeah. that's... And, and Wayne Animal Turner uses a lot of uh, mm-hmm. jazz chords mm-hmm. kind of thing. In oh, his, yeah. Animal's in his, great. In his playing. Yeah. Yeah. Great player and great singer. Uh, Dana, did you, ever, did you ever sit in on any sessions? Did you ever do anything? No, no, I never okay. played on it. Well, no, one time I did, but that Jim Johnson, who originally was Jim and Joel Johnson, started that studio, and Av hadn't come in yet, and a man came in and he wanted to do a poem uh, for his, I guess, his lost love or right, whatever. Right. Yeah. He did, he'd had a little too much to drink. Okay. <laughs> it was kind of early in the morning. And Jim said, "Hey, I got a." a a girl here who could just play play the chords on the piano for you, you know. <laughs> so I played I played a religious song. I can't even remember what it was, and I just kept playing. I was so nervous, you know. But, <laughs> but it was fun. I had fun doing it. <laughs> you still play any piano? Your key- uh, keyboard, yeah. Sure, uh, that, that's yeah. great. Just play, just play for me. Uh, a friend, a, a good friend of y'all's, Jim Black, is one of my favorites. Yes, uh huh. She yeah. learned the classical uh, yeah. piano. She didn't like country music at all, or not even wow. any. I liked, uh, well, I liked that old pop, you know, the mm-hmm. old rock and roll and the pop and. The 50s, the 40s and 50s stuff. That's what I liked, and and yeah. I liked folk music, but yeah. but uh, Av pretty much introduced me to country music. But before that, yeah. I didn't listen. to She it. thought country music was hillbilly music, you know. Well, and, and it's kind well, you know, of was. Yeah. Well, you know, at one time it was right. Well, huh? sure. At one time it was yeah. hillbilly music. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think we did a show on that one time, didn't we? My <laughs> best friend in high school. Was uh, she? Uh, she lived out in the country, and we'd drive out in the country on the weekends to her place, you know, spend the night. And and she loved Kitty Wells, and I I could not stand <laughs> when Kitty Wells would come on the radio, and I would hold my nose and you know kind of sing like that. Yeah. And uh, Ann would get she would get upset with me, you know. Yeah. She but she even had it at her wedding, you know. <laughs> So Kitty had her own style. Yeah, I like it now. Yeah, I mean, I've got, yeah. I've got where I like it. I've never really, uh, and that, you know, that's something that we've talked about. You know, some of the older country, like in the fifties, <clears throat> some well, of these Ernest old guitar players always had the best band mm-hmm. on the circuit. You know, and his guys could play. I mean, they could play something other than Ernest Tubb music. You know, yes. right? and they would Ernest would 
park the bus at night and they'd go to somebody's house and jam all night long, you know. Yeah, when E.T. started recording way, way back there, he actually, his leads were being played on an acoustic guitar. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the very earlier early things that he did. It, it, but at one point, we had uh, I had interviewed, um, you know, his son, Justin, and Justin said Ernest was probably the first person that used amplification on the Grand Ole Opry. Because before that, they were, it was a no-no. You know, they wouldn't, mm-hmm. no, we don't need no, we don't need that that mess on here. But uh, they can, E.T. convinced them that, well, this is how my record sounds, so I need to sound the same way mm-hmm. when I play live, you know, how I yeah. play at the opera. And so they let him do it, you know. So he was like one of the first amplification uh you know, bands. Well, like A.V. said, his his band, like in the 60s and 70s, was, uh, I mean, they would go to New York City maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, when they would get done playing whatever gig uh, they did with Ernest, then they would go to a jazz club. and, mm-hmm. and Yes, sir. And, yeah. And they actually, uh, Ernest let them record a couple of uh, projects in which they were, I mean, Honey Fingers and all that stuff that they played. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just... Albums, yeah. Yeah. Because they were great players. They were. They could play our sub music, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But they had to back up some to do that. But, boy, they could play. I <laughs> oh, mean, yeah? those boys yeah. could play. Leon and Buddy, Leon yeah. Rhodes and Buddy, Buddy Charlton. Charlton. Yes. Yeah. I said uh, to you before we started that I was trying to count up how many uh, studios I had recorded in. And uh, some of those early early uh, recordings were really primitive um, equipment. You know, a, a two-inch reel-to-reel. What, when, in your earliest days, what equipment did y'all use? Well, two-inch was way later, you know. First, it started off, off with a four-track machine on a half-inch tape. Mm-hmm. And you had one track for the band, one track for the singer, another track for a harmony singer, and one track for the lead vocal. You couldn't, you know? you couldn't do a whole lot of bouncing tracks back, back in those Not days. Kind of hard to do. No. Yeah, four-track, yeah. Yeah, four track was a bunch, you know. Mm-hmm. The f- the first recordings I did in the studio, uh, or maybe the second one actually, uh, we we sat in the same room with, uh, as I remember, maybe we had a little plastic barrier between us or something, but we recorded it live in the same room. Yes, uh, and of course now a lot of the recordings. In fact, uh, Wayne Turner re- records guitar tracks in his apartment and send those through uh, what they call it, MP3 or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that is, to the studio. Right, mm-hmm. uh, right. But with with Randy and Frenchie, how how did uh, how'd you do those recordings back well, in the day? Frenchie started, you know, and Randy was in that band, by the way, him and Robbie Springfield, and. Uh, they were just, Frenchie came in and he had them rehearsed because he had them playing the the uh, gig at night, you know, every night yeah. at the Winchester Club, you know. Yeah. So I mean, when to be there. And he was there, you know. And he had the band and we played, we cut Big Mamu that same day. 
And uh, hey, was everybody like in the same room or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that studio on Jensen had a drum room and the piano and the electric guitars and the acoustics were in another room and the bass, of course. And it was a big room, you know. Yeah. So we just and we put phones on, you know, to isolate. We played it right. <laughs> what? Yeah. And, and that was and that was on a four track or was that by that time that was, was a big track? No. By then we were on a twelve track machine. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. That's why we kept the big Mamu on. We had that was one inch tape yeah. on a scully twelve track mm-hmm. machine. Right. Yeah. And we kinda graduated as we went. The next step up was a twenty four track which was two inch. Right, yeah. But anyway that's <clears throat> it just progressed from that point on and then I would get tapes in the, to mix from Nashville and they'd have 10 tracks of drums and I thought man <laughs> you must not be, be able to hear very good you know, <laughs> if you can't put those combine them you know on three or four tracks you know you know I know so little I don't sometimes I don't know enough about something to talk about it but I hear guys argue about well that's a first <laughs> <laughs> I stumped him. He's not, he's not gonna say nothing now. He, he gives me a hard time about my polysyllabic words. Oh, okay. Those college words—that's what I call oh, okay. them. Okay. But I hear them debating about analog versus uh, digital. Digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you want to get into any of that? Well, I'm I'm not really versed on it. Digital is a number system. And it's it's pure, you know. When you hit an E, and it says that's the one. Well, it's pure. But mm-hmm. on analog, you might you probably go through an amplifier, you know, before you ever get to the console. Yeah, gotcha. So, if that explains it, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the digital is perfect. Yeah, because it's just numbers. But then you lose your amp noise and all this kind yeah. of stuff yeah so the analog has kind of got a a more uh live sound it's kinda. it's got a hum in it warmer it, just, just it's, it's warmer yeah. warmer yeah. yes that's well, you what know, we call it a lot of people are going back to amps that are too got tubes in them because yeah, the, the tubes sure. are it, it gives it a warmer sound you bet especially a lot of outboard gear you know the the old they're getting rid of the digital they're yeah. bringing back in the you know, if they use outboard gear, a lot of them do it all on a computer now. But Most of know. the players now have their own effects. So when they yeah. come in, they have their own effects. All you got to do is mic it, you know, or run it through the console. Right. Either yeah. way. But they got their own effect. So your way. your equipment's digital, what you've got? What you're Some of on. it is. Some of it is. Yeah. Well, I still, I'm using digital, base. My machine, my 24-track is digital. So, Donna, do you know how to run all that? Oh, gosh, I was, no. I was just going to ask her the same thing, and you just got me. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm not technical at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Uh-uh. That's A.V.'s that's thing. So do you all ever uh, go ahead? Well, she, Donna had a newspaper uh, early oh. on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was Earthrider, and it became a record label, too. We, so that's. That's Kenny Kenny Dale started out on Earth Rider. Mm, oh, okay. tell about that. Okay, Kenny Dale. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, several people did, and and uh, Rex yeah. did, was Rex on Earth Rider? No, Bill Nash. Bill was Nash on. was on Earth Rider. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but Earth Rider was a uh, it was a little uh, periodical. It was like a newspaper print, and it came out once a month, and it was it just promoted everybody in town that was that was recording or you know doing anything. Have you got copies of that still? You I that? have some copies, but Leon Beck has all the copies. Leon Beck used to write for yeah. for Earth Rider and uh um you know I want to get him on the podcast. Yeah. He's done a lot. He's done a lot for the music industry. He really you promoted bet. it. 50 years, he's celebrating 50 years. Wow. And when I knew him, he was just a kid in co- well, he was a boy in college mm-hmm. and he was working at the shoe store, you know. So is he old as me? Well, he he is I don't know how old you are, but I'll he's 39. He, He'll be 39 this next. Out, we're all about that, the same that is, age. <laughs> that is an awful joke. He'll be 39 2 That's years so, from now, okay? Isn't that how they <laughs> I'll be eighty. I'll be an octogenarian. <laughs> oh boy! Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's not. He's somewhere <clears throat> around. My, I think he's a couple of years younger than me. I'm seventy six. Yeah. And I think Leon's a couple of years, two or three years younger than me. You know, but he's, he's he loves country music. Yes. He oh, yeah. loves yes. it, and he has dedicated his life to yes. country music. Do you Back, know? Do you know Ralph Cantu? Yes, we mm-hmm. know Ralph. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh-huh. he's kind of in the same sort yes. of promoting country yes. music. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, getting back to Earth Rider, that was on a 45 mm-hmm. vinyl or 33, either one. Right. Yeah. And you were, uh, the, you were the CEO <coughs> or whatever, it was your label? It was my label. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, how did, how did that all come about? How did uh, the name come about? Yeah, Earth Rider. Earth Rider came from Gene Thomas. Gene Thomas is a, you know, he was a wonderful writer, singer. He was one of the ones that uh, first recorded sometimes, you know, right right into the mic playing the piano Mm -hmm. at the same time. Right, honey? Gene did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and Gene, A.V. introduced me to Gene's songs. I thought he was a wonderful songwriter, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I was trying to figure out, okay, like, well, what will I name my, my little periodical, you know? And he said, hey, hey, why don't you name it Earth Rider, okay? I thought, boy, yeah, I like that. And, you know, Lynn Jones, David Lynn Jones, that uh, played bass with the uh, the Texas Outlaw Band. with, with the, Texas Cooking. And Texas Cooking, yeah, with uh, uh, Frenchie Burke. Mm-hmm. Lynn Jones was the bass player, but he also did some cartoons for Earth Rider. And, and so oh, it was wow. just kind of a, you know, you right. find out people. So but, you, but it was a magazine and then it was a label? Mm-hmm. Now yes. you signed Kenny Dale. Yes. Actually, that was all Jim's idea, wasn't it? Don't you think that was Jim Johnson? I thought Jim Johnson thought, why don't we just... Make Earth Rider a, a record label. Oh, okay, okay. Wasn't that Jim? I don't remember Jim? that. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Yeah. So the next thing I knew, I had, I had a record label. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. It was really wow. cool. Well, oh, Kenny cool. had a backer, you know. Yeah, he had a backer. But that was wasn't that later? That was 
He didn't get B. Ritter's back until later. That's right. Uh, Right right when he went on Capitol. Because Capitol picked him up off of Earthrider. Mm -hmm. Did it sell? You sold some records? Oh, oh gosh, yeah, we sold records. Heck yeah. Red Hot... uh, Red Hot Memory, was Shame, Shame one. on Me, right, Louis okay. Tardick of the Year. Right, okay. Louis Tardick of the Year was first, wasn't it? And that was a Rocky, those were right. all Rocky Wimberly songs. Right. You knew Rocky okay. Wimberly was yep. a wonderful yep. writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, he used to come in and just squat down on the floor and and play his guitar and sing sing his songs for AVs, you know, that, and then it was perfect for wow. Kenny's style. And then mm-hmm. the little... <clears throat> I'm trying to remember what those three little girls that sang, they sang Harmony Band. The Bowen sisters. Oh, wow. They were so great. Yeah. And that was you know. doing that harmony. But you know, we'll ever have music like that again. <laughs> Kenny Dale was, to me, he was something else. Yes, he was. I had the pleasure of talking to him. Call, I was looking for it. One time I was doing a country classic show on radio. So I'm looking for, you know, I'd, I had went to every garage sale and, and wherever, looking for vinyl. Uh-huh. And, um, so finally, I got a lead that Kenny Dell was in Nashville, and I got his number, and I called him, and I talked to him. I said, look, we got a country classic show. We'd like to see if you've got some old vinyl uh, that's virgin that had never been opened, because mm-hmm. Randy had given me uh, an album that he had mm-hmm. that had never been opened before. So I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know. So um, any stuff he on a CD. I said, well, dude, send it to me. You know, yes. so and he later sent me a bill, but that's okay. He I, sent you a bill. He sent me a bill. <laughs> that sounds like Kenny. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I think I said, "Man, we're playing it on the radio for you." you know? So <laughs> CDs have been around. When did he send you a bill? In the nineties. He sent me a bill. He sent me. He sent me a bill for for ten dollars or twelve dollars, whatever it was. <laughs> and I, well, I called him back. I said, "Dude, I said we're playing it on." I said, "I've got a country classic show. We're playing that. On, we're playing." And I can't remember what was on the. It didn't have Red Hot Memory on it, which I wish uh-huh. it did, but it didn't have that one on it. But it had Shame, Shame on Me and Blue, Bluest Heart Heartache Heart. of the Year uh-huh. and a, you know a couple of others. Uh-huh. And, but it was so funny because I told I told him that he said, "Well." You know, it cost me to get those things out, man. You know? <laughs> cost him to get those things to out. To say the least, I never did think. Kenny was you know, such so. a case. I got to be Kenny's uh, road manager for six whole weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Did he bill you? <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> no, he bought a cat. Okay? Ah, okay. He bought a cat for his little girl, Kara. Kara was, uh, uh, she wanted a cat, or he decided <laughs> she wanted a cat. And we were in Maryland, I think, and, and headed over to, uh, anyway, uh, he said, uh, he, I, somebody broke into the van, okay, wow. in Maryland. And so they stole my shoes, and they stole all his leather, uh, you know, he had these leather fancy things that he wore on stage. And so I had to have some shoes. I didn't have any shoes. Okay, so we we stopped at a, uh, a little uh, strip center there, you know, and I went in and got some shoes real quick. He said, oh, "Now hurry, don't don't be messing around." And so I went in and got some shoes. And Kenny, when I came back out, he had bought a cat for Kara. Okay, and so he said, uh, uh, "And you're responsible for this cat now." Uh, so when we got to the next place, where over the Smoky Mountains, someplace, and uh, and uh, the he set up his his stage and everything, you know, and then and then the speakers were right there, and the cat 
grabbed a hold of my shoulder and tore, you know, tore my blouse and then hung up. He was on a string. We didn't even have a leash or we didn't have what we needed, right? And, and so he got under a pickup truck and then I had to crawl under and get him oh, untangled out. And anyway, I said, that, that's it. That's it for me. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of the road life. Man. Uh, you know, I can't keep up with who's still with us. Is Kenny Dale still with us? Uh, no, he passed yeah. away, actually. I thought so. Yeah, several yeah. years back. He passed yeah. away at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. I think it, Bill Nash is still around, yes, though, right? Yes, yeah, I, I thought he was, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And his uh, brother Dave. died, Bill's brother did. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. What was his name? Dave. Dave. Uh-huh. Dave Nash, okay. Yes. Yeah, I remember playing a lot of Bill Nash in the early, late 70s, <clears throat> uh-huh. early 80s. Yes, he's a you talented know, so, boy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And he absolutely. wrote a good book. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of that. <coughs> really? Yeah, he wrote a really good book. It, it tells about his early life singing with his mama and his brother. Yeah. I'd like to get Bill he, on the show, man. Yeah, Bill would be good on, on the show. Yeah. Where he, does he live? In Houston, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's down the south part someplace, mm-hmm. uh, close to Sugarland, maybe, or somewhere yeah. in there, Richmond, maybe. It seems like everybody lives in Sugarland. What's What's the deal with that, you know? <laughs> Well, what is it? Everybody, everybody lives in Sugarland. Well, you know what? We're just about out of time, and I sure do appreciate y'all being here. I love to hear stories about things that I did not know about at all, yeah. and uh, I know a lot more now about Soundmaster and about. Have y'all ever thought about getting together and writing a book about all the things that have? We've been taking notes for the last 500 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with your background, you really, I think you should consider. I think that would be, yeah. I think that'd be a really interesting read right there for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, when was the first studio that you worked at? Or, or was Soundmasters the first one that you? I think it was what became Sugar Hill. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the first one I remember. There might have been something before it, but I don't right. know. Wow. And Jones put in one over on Blair Street, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it became pretty popular. Wow. Did B.J. Thomas and Mickey Gilly, he was a part of it, mm-hmm. you know. But but uh, you never recorded Mickey or uh, Mickey uh, Gilly? He was in the I remember street. recording something on, it, but, uh, on him, but I don't remember exactly what it is. Johnny Lee, I did... Yeah, Some for Johnny. That was my next question. And uh, George Strait and Clint Black, Tracy Bird, Mark Chestnut, Jesus, a bunch of them. And yes. Rex Kramer, who was part of the Christie Minstrels. Oh, okay. He recorded. Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> but you, did, you all went to Nashville. Yep. Yeah, Clay Walker was another one, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, at the big time, of course, they don't come see me anymore, you know. But <laughs> no, the, some well, some do, though, you know. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, and who knows, we might do a third one. You never can tell. <laughs> you never <laughs> can tell. Talk about. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Folks, we'll see y'all on another. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. This has been a Unicap Media presentation.